Welcome to Pretty Please Paris, your passport to living well in Paris. I'm Andy, your host for today. And I'm Tioka. I'm Elizabeth. So um, we'll be talking about three things in the next half hour. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're drinking today. Uh, our main segment, we're going to be talking about space in Paris. <laughs> and Bizu Bizu, our special segment on Paris tips and recommendations. So are you guys ready? Tioko, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking last week. I'm really uh, a fan right now of chai, especially during these cold, gray uh, winter days. So just kind of a homemade chai um, using some rice milk, which has just the right amount of sweetness to it naturally and spices, including cardamom, black pepper, cinnamon, uh, ginger, and some anise and just sort of letting that steep and drinking that all afternoon long. It's great. Elizabeth, what about you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking some ginger tea today. I'm still on my trying to reduce my caffeine kick. I have to say that December really snuck up on me this year. I don't know if it's because it's locked out or because Thanksgiving was so late or, or what, but uh, it all of a sudden turned gray and gloomy. So ginger tea is I also agree. very comforting. It yeah. is a good day for warm drinks. Yeah. Um, uh, and I can say that for sure because I'm not drinking a warm drink, <laughs> and I wish I was. <laughs> I um, I made a spice cake yesterday, and what mm. I do is I take um, the pulp from my juice. Uh, we have a juicer, and I made some juice yesterday. Um, and then I discovered that I can use the pulp from the juicer into cakes. So um, I made a spice cake with the apple and fennel. Um, mm. that I put in the juicer. And so I am drinking fennel and apple juice. And I told my husband that there's some fennel juice. And he thought I said female juice. <sighs> it's like, mm. <laughs> not going to go there. But yeah, all right. So <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's something yeah. to that. I love maybe. apple and fennel um, and maybe even a little bit of cit um, citrus, lemon, lemon added to that. But how is your cake? It's not too stringy, not too fibrous. Using the no. leftover from the juice bar? Okay. The nope. juicer. All right, great. No, no, I tried no, it once very... and it didn't work out well, oh. but uh, oh. you've been inspired. I wonder maybe. Hmm. Uh, no, 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 because it was, it was apple cake from New York Times recipes. And um, and uh, and I was like, well, you know, every time I make juice, then I have all this stuff in it. I feel badly about throwing it away. Um and so I gave it a try and it's fine. No, 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 it's, it's perfect. And then I just throw in a little bit of um, something else. Like I don't actually like raisins mm -hmm. and I don't like cram. I, I like cranberries, but I don't like the packaged kind because they're full of sugar and, yes. and other weird stuff. I don't even know what's in them. So I, um, I put, oh, I don't even know what they're called. Uh, there's a Raisin, little a red berry, a fresh, like fresh berry. The RL? Uh, no, they're or like the currants. No. Some kind of current. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's some kind of current. They're big, pulpy, mm. bright red, beautiful things that I put them in. And they, no, 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 that's nice. It's mm -hmm. nice to use in baking. Wow. Um, so I guess I'm really talking about my cake. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. One little thing um, about the cranberries, though. We're, we're a big fan of cranberries here. And I um, always get mine from day two on Rue Tikitone in the second arrondissement um, because they don't have all of that, like, I don't know, what is it? It's like corn syrup that they 
coat the cranberries in or just weird stuff. Um, oh, so you so they're dried them. cranberries without the weird stuff. Without the weird stuff. They come directly. Um, you can get um, some from Canada or they have the American ones. You can get the 500, um, what is it, grams or the one kilogram packs. And so I trust them much better than ones that you can just find at the grocery stores. Oh, that's really good to know. Yeah, because I've tasted them and they don't taste good to me. I don't know what they used to. <laughs> they used to taste really good to me. I don't know why they don't. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so this is kind of a strange theme, but it's something that I've noticed um, <clears throat> in Paris is uh, that my sense of space uh, feels different. And I, um, I really recognize it when I go back to the States and I just there's just a lot more space to move around. So I was, I thought it'd be interesting to, to talk to you guys about it and see um, if you experience anything like that, or, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll just go ahead with, with, with the, you know, I'll just go on and say what I was saying is that, you know, so my gestures are less expansive here. Um, when I tell a story, because I might be telling a story at a cafe, I will keep my arms stuck to my side, which might make me look a little bit, uh, kind of stiff or, or, or graceful depends. <laughs> um, I think I've become more graceful here in Paris just because there's less space to sort of like flail your arms around. Um, I might have lost uh, a bit of spontaneity in my conversation because of that. But, um, uh, I've noticed, uh, too, like I, um, I, I always think about this. My dad had uh, some colleagues coming over from the States and uh, so these were his colleagues. These were not his, you know, they were friendly, but they were not his friends. And it was important that I, you know, make a good impression. And so I brought them to a really nice cafe in the fifth arrondissement, and we were sitting there. And uh, we, so we, we went there, and you know, there were we were the only ones there. It was like a Tuesday morning or something. And each colleague, there were three of them, took a single bistro table and sat down. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and also, they were big uh compared to french people and uh we just sat there and the waiter came out and i was like oh my gosh i hope he doesn't like embarrass me or them or you know and uh he did he just let them sit there um until some more people came and told them that we should be sharing one table it just made the <laughs> colleagues crack up laughing that you know so many people could sit at such a tiny table but um what about you guys <laughs> oh i love this topic i think this is um I, I really, when you, when you suggested it, I thought it was, it was brilliant because space, um, is so, it's such a kind of dominant theme here in Paris. I mean, even architecturally, you've got a city where the height limit on buildings is, has mm. been, you know, pretty strongly enforced for years, which means that you've got buildings that are much lower than obviously a city like New York. Um, and I know when I have, um, French colleagues who go to New York for the first time, they are so impressed by these walls of buildings, these skyscrapers, which you just don't have a sense of that in New York. Um, so the sense of space is is kind of emphasized already by the architecture. Yeah. And it also limits the size of the city, right? If you're not going to build exactly. up. Exactly. If you're not going to build up and you're going to limit um, Paris to this ring, this um, mm -hmm. peripheric um, where you've got this highway that's surrounding the city and anything in the periphery is Paris and anything outside is, you know, the banlieue, which comes with yeah. a sort of 
um, can come with a stigma depending on which side of the city, or it can be something kind of chic depending. Um, and you know, you've got this great architectural project that's being pushed right now this to expand Paris beyond the periphery because we are, we're so densely packed here. Um, so with the architecture that's emphasized also the sense of space for me, the most striking thing is maybe the sidewalks. I mean, I, New York, yeah, it's crowded, but it's never bothered me the way it bothers me in Paris that when you walk down a sidewalk, people bump into you and rarely say, excuse me or pardon. Um, or you'll have to step aside to let somebody pass with their groceries or the stroller. And, you know, this is a moment for you to have kind of human to human exchange. You're, you're, you're stepping aside to let them go. So it's a moment when you could say, you know, thank you, or just offer a smile. And that just, that kind of wears on me because I don't feel like that exchange happens so much in Paris. Um, no, I think there's more of a kind of a fortress mentality here. Maybe so. Um, and but I think uh, to be fair, I think uh, it's it stems from uh, the sense that yeah, I'm you know this is my space, like my me, my body. This is this is my space, and I'm going to respect yours too. Mm. Right? They they don't enter into. I mean, what the, that's. I mean, maybe I shouldn't even be going there because what do I know? But. It feels I, I I take comfort thinking of it like that. That it's not that they don't want the exchange; they don't want to intrude. I think there's a sense of not intruding. Maybe so. I'm willing to to kind of be diplomatic and open about a lot of things, but I really miss that moment. I mean, it it, it happened all the time in uh, in New York. You would just you know you would just offer a smile, and it just kind of made that little we're all in this together, a uh, little kind of camaraderie or, um, you know, we're all kind of hustling to catch that train just sort of made you feel a little bit kind of united. And I, I yeah, miss connected. that. I do yeah. miss that. Yeah. Um, and I guess one I'm last thing that I would say about space is that um, I used to live over on the right bank. And um, one of the reasons that we moved to the particular neighborhood that we're in now is simply that the sidewalks are bigger, they're wider. And so when I'm walking down the street, I feel like I'm, I'm bumping into and literally physically colliding with, with fewer people. Um, yeah. And so during this lockdown in particular, I've really, really appreciated the space um, that I've got in this neighborhood. Um, because space is vital. I mean, especially when you're living in a city where apartments are so small quite, quite often, um, every bit of space that you can get, whether it's at a cafe table or on a sidewalk, um, (laughs) is a space well-deserved, well-won. Yeah. Yeah. It's at a premium, isn't it? Yes. Space here. What about you, Elizabeth? Well, I definitely (laughs) experienced some uh, space culture shock moving to Paris. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, which is while it's a big city, is is one that's extremely spread out, and um, there's a lot of nature around. And I grew up in a house, not a huge house compared to the houses around us, but still a house. And so that you know, moving to Paris, you find yourself in an incredibly dense city. And I was sharing a, a 25 square foot apartment with another person. That was our first apartment here, and it was really a difference um, in lifestyle. Yeah, that I had to get yeah. used to. And even uh, when I moved in with my husband, and he had a decent set of 
our size apartment for Paris, but obviously much, much smaller than I was used to. And then I sort of got used to that. And in a way, when we had kids, when they were small, there was an advantage to it because we had, we were all together, you know, we, we were, the kids were playing or watching TV or whatever. We all kind of had to be together. And when we moved finally to the suburbs, the banlieue, outside of the Paris proper and have a lot more space, which I appreciate because I have my own little office space, which I really need. But the kids now each have their own room. They were sharing a room before. And now everyone just at night goes to their own room. Mm, that's a good point. And, and I yeah, feel... It's it's actually, yeah, your place is big. And, and, and while I really uh, love that most of the time, I feel like we've lost something too, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Because we're yeah. not... Uh, we, we're not sharing that anymore this central space that we used to which was like you know the living room dining room you know and so there's a downside to that too you know to having all this space yeah yeah that's yeah. true so, what yeah. about the way you uh, function in your like uh to to store things in your homes that's a great yeah. point um what is yeah i can hoard a lot about- more it's not good oh you can hoard <laughs> <what>? yeah <laughs> Before I had to get rid of stuff because we just didn't have the room, you know. And there's definitely a charm in that. Um, there's a we took the cat to the vet yesterday, and uh, I spent thirty minutes looking for the cat's passport that the, the vet has to stamp. And I'm like, wait, this this doesn't work because since we have such a small space, everything has its spot, and we're absolutely. I'm like seriously meticulous about that because. You know, you can't, you don't have room to have duplicates or anything that's not essential. So having a small space does definitely makes you um, sort of curate everything that you have in your space and you either love it or you have to get rid of it or it's going to crowd you and suffocate you. Um, That's right. Yeah. My sister has a huge home in the States and I just, you know, even like going down her staircase, she's got these nooks going down to uh, a staircase and she's like, you know, bread makers. And I mean, she, every single gadget that's like ever, I just covet them all. But at the same time, like I, I can't, it's just out of the question. Any, you know, any gadget that I would give my kitchen, including my, a friend of mine and I went to uh, TJ Maxx or something in the States and she's a great cook. And she took, and I, I think I was, yeah, I was going to buy a knife and I asked her for help picking out um, some kitchen knives. And she said, well, first of all, you need this. And she handed me a lemon squeezer. <laughs> so it lo- it's about the size of a lemon and then it has a handle on it. And I didn't, I just looked at her like terrified. I did it for me. It was just like, I can't like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have room for that lemon squeezer. She could not possibly understand, you know, how I would like hesitate for something that, was the size actually the size of a half a lemon with a handle on it? But it was, I just didn't have. I don't have room. In yeah, my I would have every... so many more gadgets if I had a bigger kitchen. <laughs> so I'd have the rice cooker. I'd have the instant pot. I'd have like a slow cooker. I'd have the pressure yeah. cooker. But I can't because I can't store them. Exactly. Yeah. Like my coffee machine fits in a particular space, and uh, if that coffee machine ever runs out of you know or breaks or the series runs out, I I, I don't know. <laughs> problem it's interesting like so i i um uh yeah even like the plates on the table i remember my mother was so proud of herself uh kind of 
preparing that sort of little, what is it, the marriage trousseau for me. She's like, oh, I've got you these plates and this. And I looked at the plates. I'm like, my table is way too small. Like the the plates that we've got in the US are what, like, I don't know, like 12, 18 inches. Like they're these big, huge plates. They don't fit on the tables here where everything has to be kind of proportional to what you've got. Yeah, there, there's a, um, I don't know if you guys uh, have come across this, but like when I um, speak to some, some other friends about space, everyone also wants a chambre de service mm-hmm. or, you know, like a bigger cave, right? So you have these rooms up on the top of um, like tr- like traditional Haussmannian uh, buildings that were sometimes built for maids. I always thought that people call them maids rooms, but turns out that they were built in the 1900s and the whole maid thing was already like, apparently I'm told, you know, I, 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 the, I, the, my neighbor knew, you know, the grandparents who built our building and, uh, and he was like, no, 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 these, the, those are not, those were never built for maids. They were always built for storage. Sometimes what? a student. Oh my God. Yeah. This is blowing he's my like, mind. Sometimes a student might go up there, but it wasn't, it was never for maids. And that was built, our building was built in 1902. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, but, uh, but there, they do have windows and you can fix them up to, um, you know, live in or set up as a guest room. But according to him, that, that wasn't for maids, but that's just, he might be wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> very cool that, you know, somebody who's connected to the building of your building, that's really the whole bu- yeah the whole building are descendants of this man who had three daughters and he built the building um had the building built he gave each daughter uh a floor mm-hmm. they rented out i think there were five or six floors it rented out the others and uh and now the cousins and nephews and nieces and, um live in that building so it's cool. kind of, yeah it's it is uh, do do either of you ever get culture shock going into the supermarkets in America? Because that's where I really also notice the difference of space. Oh, uh, like in the sizes of cans and things. Yes, like not not just the size of the space itself. You know, we have these little city markets here in Paris, which are, are teeny tiny. The aisles are tiny. There's always stuff packed. You can barely move down them, but. You know, I, I always look at the bottles of soda and I think, is is that, they, were they always that big? Yes. I don't, yeah. were they? Because that, I know that's shocking to me too. Because they just it's, don't come in that yeah. size here. They come in what, like it's like a liter and a half or something, right. two liters. Yeah. And then, yeah, like a half a gallon, right? Like when is, is that, I, I, um, I and, I've already lost gallons. Yeah, me too. Um, but they're like two <laughs> gallons, I think, in the States. You know, they're just, it's like the size of two of what you would get here. And it's just, everything is just like on steroids. Yeah, because yeah, you can stock them because you've got a big kitchen. Yeah. You've got a big kitchen, you've got a freezer, you've got an extra freezer in your garage or your basement or wherever. Yeah. Um, Maybe here in the countryside, they have bigger sizes. I don't know. In France. I don't, and plus, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit, you know, it's not shocking for us to go for one gallon of milk, but one gallon of milk compared to one liter of milk, that's right. a huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's weird too, because shops are open, at least I'm from Connecticut, the shops were open 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're not going to get that milk. Exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. I mean, you are my grandmother. She lived up in the mountains in Vermont, and she used to stockpile stuff because you know snow would fall. She could be inside for months. But yeah, it's um, it's funny because that kind of ties into what we were talking about last week and the idea of time. Um, I can't remember who who mentioned it, but 
um, when I was talking about like the, I used to have a legal pad of things to do, um, during a course of a day in New York and here in Paris, I, you know, I'm reduced down to a sticky pad of things that I might get done. And a lot of it was like in New York, so much was designed to save time. You would get your breakfast, lunch, and dinner delivered to you basically at your desk. You would have your dry cleaning kind of picked up. Uh, you just leave it outside of your door and you, somebody picks up your dry cleaning. The place where you get your hair cut or colored is right on the way to the metro and the place where you're going to pick up. I mean, everything was just in a straight line. So everything was designed to save you time. And here in Paris, you know, we've got to design everything to kind of save us space. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. I I wonder, um, I think I understand that I've never been to Japan, but I understand that um, they're like masters of space. Masters, masters. My husband's kind of obsessed with, um, with Japan. He was listening to a podcast where um, some people rented sort of a luxury place, um, kind of Airbnb in Japan. And what was so luxurious about it was that space was not maximized that there was wasted space. Like that was so rare that it was just a a luxury. Um, But when you think about it, I mean, Japan, it's just, it's an island. It's a teeny tiny island. So even their little farms are, you know, kind of miniature. So, yeah. Yeah. Whereas here in Paris, it's just, it's an artificially constructed idea of limit. I mean, once you get outside that Paris limit, there's a decent sized countryside. I mean, the, the size is, is and they, yeah. they've got an amazing coastline. You've got a coastline along the Mediterranean and coastline line along the Atlantic. Um, right. You can have lofty homes like outside of Paris, right? Like that, that's, or the, you know, Ile de France, right? The homes become pretty lofty. Like yeah. they're not reduced. One of the things that I've kind of found um, important because I, I do, I just feel, I feel the sort of denseness of the city is to somehow find the space going inside I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why I find meditation so much easier to do in Paris, because it's just that five, 10, 15, 20 minutes that you can do where you go inside and you can be as spacious as you possibly want to Mm. be. And you can be as expansive as you want to be. Um, And you can breathe freely and you can make those kind of open, uninhibited gestures with your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes it's just sort of an internal space that makes all the difference for me in Paris, being able to go inside. Back to your fortress. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, how about uh, we switch over and we talk about our recommendations. If you guys have any, um, I don't know, did any, we're we're in confinement still, although the shops have uh, opened up. Uh, They started last Saturday, a lot of shops that were closed before um, and services that were closed before are open again, although not everything. And um, I was just wondering, uh, yeah, let me hear your recommendations. Um, So it's, you know, the shops are open, which is great. Um, And with the holiday season coming up, I guess my recommendation is a little bit more, um, hopefully not specific to Paris, but it's on personalizing your gifts um, at the department store um, down the street from me, it's the Bon Marché, and you can get just about everything personalized there, or engraved, or embroidered, from your soap to your champagne bottles. I saw the champagne. I know the Moët Chanton champagne with your friend's name. I know, isn't that great? It? Oh yes, that's it's wow. all my list. I mean, oh, that's what all that's my friends are getting for their birthdays this year. Cool <laughs> <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> 
But I think that's so cool. And why not just have like this cool champagne bottle with your name emblazoned on it or whatever the gift is. So I I guess my bizu bizu is just this, this idea of personalizing the holiday gifts. Um, And one of the things we're lucky to have here in Paris are some really amazing um, craftsmen, including people who do beautiful embroidery. One of my clients, um, has a new grandchild and she is having, uh, she's so funny. She's like, she went to, uh, the, the Dior shop, the baby Dior shop and got a baby blanket for her new grandson, I think. And she had it embroidered with, um, his name is Forrest. And so she had it embroidered with a the little forest on it and his Aww. name. I thought that was so sweet. Um, so personalizing gifts would be my bizu bizu. And if you're lucky enough to be in a city like Paris where you can have it done, why not? Great. I love that. Yeah. Very thoughtful gift. Yeah. Uh, my bizu bizu today is um, what's some, somewhat Paris centric or French centric, but uh, hear me out. Okay. <laughs> so in France, we have this store called Picard, which is a store of only frozen foods. And after Thanksgiving, where I spent a lot of time cooking, even though we were a very small number of people, I still had to go all out and do do the full Thanksgiving meal. And I was uh, pretty exhausted, did not want to do any cooking after that. And so I was very happy to have a PKR in walking distance where I could buy a lot of frozen food and stock up and not have to cook all myself. They do tend to have a lot of um, different types of foods like Chinese or Indian foods that are already meals that are prepared and you just heat them up. But what I love is just using it as shortcuts. So Mm -hmm. they have you know, fresh ingredients, flash frozen, fruits and vegetables, uh, spices, um, and they're condiments. so good. They're not like your grandmother's frozen food. No, right? they're not something that like <laughs> things like horse or whatever. They're really, really fresh, high quality. They have a lot of organic stuff. It is, and sometimes I think it's better because it is that like you know immediately picked and frozen. And so if you just are tired and want to take some shortcuts, and this is something I think any can be extrapolated out by anyone, even if you're not in France, you know, things like just f- chopped up and frozen onions or, or yeah, garlic. Right. Yeah. I always have frozen onions in my, in my freezer. I, I love hate chopping onions. herbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the, oh, the herbs. herbs are nice. Yeah, yeah, and the herbs. Yeah, they, because they're better than the dried in certain ways because they're because they're close to fresh, you know. And so it's a huge time saver and great uh, shortcut. And you can still cook very healthy with these ingredients because it's they're not they don't have any additives or any preservatives or it's they just have baby food. what they are they have baby mm-hmm. food. So, so they have like the fresh things that you can uh, that you can that are purees yeah. and things yeah mm-hmm. and um that's also where i got my pumpkin puree this year to make Ooh, i tried yeah. making oh, a pumpkin cheesecake for the first time i've never made cheesecake here in 20 years of being here uh what came out sort of moyen but um still i was glad to find the pumpkin puree there and not have to like search all over trying to find it in an American specialty store. So uh, check out Picard or find frozen food shortcuts in whatever market that you can. And you can find monogrammed frozen food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, uh, Elizabeth, that's a great, great suggestion. I remember when I first moved here, that was like the 
secret. I would have um, uh, my French clients would be like, oh, well, you know, I just, I had friends over, but I just got everything from Picard. Mm-hmm. But it's like the French yeah, woman big... sort of like secret weapon when you've got Absolutely. last minute guest or um, you need to whip something together. Um, they've got great desserts. They've got cheesecake that, um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty decent. Um, and I love Picard in the summer for my uh, cocktails. Like I throw the frozen food in there with some yogurt and mm. uh, it's and you know a little bit of cocktail whatever you you, you require for like for a smoothie kind of cocktail <laughs> exactly. you mean. yeah yeah it depends if you want to be healthy then just without <laughs> alcohol or if you yeah. really need it you can give a splash of whatever you need but yeah um yeah picard is a great great tip i thought that picard i'm not kidding i really thought it meant easy because i would go to french people's houses and i would say like mm, how'd you make this and they would say oh it's just picard like, and I just I was like, oh, it's like easy peasy. Right. right. No, no, it's, <laughs> it should be an expression. Yeah. Um, I'll just be really quick with mine. Mine is, and this is um, last minute. I thought about this. Uh, there's something called uh, Macon and Le Squay. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's L E S. Q-U-O-Y, and they make embroidery. You're the one that made me think of that, um, uh, Chioka. Uh, they do these import, embroidered pins. Um, they're beautifully embroidered with gold or silver threads sometimes. Um, they have all different forms. They have like uh, a little uh, pin of embroidered wine glass, or um, I'm looking right now at a big pen <laughs> that's embroidered. Uh, they make great gifts. There's, they have a lot of themes. So they have like astro themes or Paris themes. Um, they're light. You can send them to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not expensive. They make great gifts. And I'd say the name again. Local. It's uh, Macon. It's M-A-C-O-N. Mm-hmm. And Le Squaw, I guess you would pronounce L-E-S-Q-U-O-Y. Um, I, I they're really fast. They shipped out uh, an order uh, for a friend that I sent something out to um, really fast. And oh, they have little hearts too. Oh, they're really nice. Great. They're they're beautiful little you know that little gift for someone special. Uh, that's not too expensive. <laughs> I'm looking them up right now. That's so cool. Okay. okay. Well, we've got to go. So uh, we'll have, we can uh, <laughs> we can come back in two weeks. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy uh, enjoyed this week's show. We sure did. And uh, if you have any tips or suggestions, please email us at prettypleaseparis at gmail.com. Tell your friends, uh, rate, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, etc. And uh, follow us on Instagram at prettypleaseparis and uh, for show notes and all that. Okay? So... Uh, see you next time. Bye. Au Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bisous. 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 Bisous.